1: And this is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively. And it's what you're going to need to get ahead in the new music business, whether you're an artist, a songwriter, a musician. It's going to be based on your history, on your track record, on what you've done, not your potential. That's what brings leverage to the table. That's how you're going to get the record deal. That's how you're going to get the management company. That's how you're going to get the pub deal. That's how you're going to create more relationships in this business to succeed. That's why we called it the Climb C L I M B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxter name if you don't know mm-hmm. it already. And uh, my good friend and co host, Mr. Brent Baxter, came up with that. Brent is an award winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro. And once you've got that up to speed, he's going to connect you with the pros and give you your at bat to create some relationships here. Get, you can become in crowd. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again,
2: that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. Daredevil has created over 25 national TV opportunities for their indie independent artist. And they did this by making them discoverable. They've also created multiple tour opportunities and through the power of Big Word Alert, digital marketing data, data. They've attracted a number of investors for their artists, and the investors love this data because numbers don't lie because numbers can't talk. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's happening, man? I, was, I just feel like you're so important when I intro you that way. Just so you know. I feel
1: like you're important when I intro you that way. Like you oh. a, a word man. No, hey, it's a
2: special. Oh, a hug. Okay. <laughs> what are we going to learn today? We're going to learn about Prison. Okay. Awesome. You oh, feel it crap. The Don't, way. Bend over. Don't bend but, over to get the soap. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I won't make jokes. All right. So yes, we're going to talk about actually a uh, prison of your day job. We're going to talk about your day job and it's how it's easy to think about your day job as a prison, as a big, bad, ugly, life sucking prison. But you know what? I think there's another way to look at it. A way that can, um, reveal hidden opportunity for you. I think instead of being your creative prison, it can, it can actually help you along the way, uh, to help make your creative dreams come true. So we're going to talk about that today.
1: Awesome. Well, I can't wait to get to that. Um, mm-hmm. before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. Yep. Little business. As always, the climb podcast is proud to partner with disc makers who've been supporting indie musicians before indie music was even a thing. When you're ready to make CDs, DVDs, vinyl, or distribute your music on some of those killer customized USBs, which you can put videos on and all kinds of stuff too, by the way, go to discmakers.com,
2: D-I-S-C makers.com. It's the only place that you need to go. And while you're there, click the guides and resources tab and download some of their excellent free guides. They've just revised and expanded their home studio handbook, which has a ton of great advice and information for newbies and studio vets. You can find them online at W www.discmakers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's (laughs) 800-468-9353.
1: Right on. Join the climb community if you haven't done so already. Lots of good things going on there. Lots mm-hmm. of good questions, answers, people helping other people. Hey, I tried this, you can try that. Ask a question, you're gonna get an answer, I promise you. Okay. Don't abuse it. Don't it's not a place for you to go and spam the crap out of everybody. We have certain places where you can put your music up and do different mm-hmm. things, just to
2: abide by the rules, everything's gonna be all right. It's a cool community. So just now, uh, and we'll hear more about this probably next episode, but I've been in Facebook prison and, uh, it's just on theme for today, I guess. Couldn't post, you know, our normal, like new heights Wednesday thing in the climb community where people get to post like, Hey, here's my successes. It's a post we do every Wednesday. I couldn't get to it. I, you know, I mentioned in my like personal page cause I could post there. So Darren, Darren, Wright, I believe he, you know, one of our climbers, man, he just hopped on I was like, dude, I'll post it for you and just went on there and he just posted it. So, you know, that's just cool. That's just cool. People looking out for each other. So thank you, Darren. And thank you, Climb community for being awesome. There you go. That's right. Hey, yeah. subscribe
1: to the podcast as well, wherever you consume your podcast to make sure all that content comes in there in order. You can consume it at will as you like take 30 seconds, leave a five-star rating and review. Let us know what you think. And finally, the best thing that you can do is share it. If there's an episode that touched you in a certain way that reached out that, that, uh, gave you the epiphany that got you excited whatever it is share it put it up on your social media tell somebody about it let them know hey this is a really killer product there's lots of good stuff going on here that's that's why we're doing this just trying to help people you can help us help you help us help them tell somebody right there we go yep so talk to me about prison (laughs) papa Hey, I Paul. shot a
2: man in Reno. Just, <laughs> just, to, to him, uh, just to watch him die. I was making all that noise. All right. So listen, if you have the dream of being a full-time songwriter, singer, songwriter, singer, or other type of creative, it's easy to think of your day job as a prison. Like you feel chained to your desk or the sales floor or the job site all day long. Literally, I've I've been in a cubicle, like tethered from my headset phone to my desk. So fairly literally Chained to my desk, Yeah. prairie dogging yeah. it well, up above the Just dividers. The, in the, yeah, the, in the cubicle uh, ant farm. Yeah, so the khaki ant farm. I'm sorry, the, the khaki ant farm. farm. There you go. Yes, uh, you feel imprisoned by the eight to five because you aren't free to do what you love to do all day. Your commute feels more like a long walk in handcuffs and leg irons. You know, senior day job as a prison understandably breeds resentment and despair. I know, cause I've been there. I've had day jobs on multiple occasions. May end up doing it again. I don't know. We don't know what's going on. But that's that's how life is. And maybe you're out there right now in your day job. Maybe you're on the commute right now, and you're like, uh, I think I either want to turn this off or I need to turn this up. I've been there, dude. I'm Johnny. You've had straight gigs before, um, and so we get that it, it can be it can be painful. You can you can just kick you off going in. I've, I've been there more recently than I would like just, just yeah.
1: mad. It's you It's know. dark before you even get to work. You're like, Ugh. Oh
2: man. And <laughs> I, I've heard John Acuff talk about being a Sunday afternoon jerk because he knows that Monday's coming oh, there and you go. mad. Cause you don't like what you got to do for the next five days. And so you're just kind of a jerk starting on Sunday just because of the dread, you know? Yeah. And it's a real thing, but I think what, My goal for today is to help give you another way to look at it, a way to, you know, help make it not so dark when you go in on Monday morning, but to see that there's some possibility here and this is actually going to help you. So uh, what if instead of being your prison, your day job is your patron? Okay. You're going to switch your day job from your prison to your patron. And I know your mileage may vary because of what your day job is, but uh, we're going to try and give you some ways to look at it to to help make go a little bit better and to actually help your art. Okay. Love this deal. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about the patron thing and what that means. It's never been easy to make a living from art. Never has been, probably never will be way back when artists used to find some rich person to provide financial backing so that they could work on their art. This person was known as a patron. So maybe you've heard the term patron of the arts, right? So like, you know, some artist back in the Renaissance period may have some patron, some rich dude, would put them up, give them a room and board and they do art for them and that sort of thing. And to kind of, you know, it was kind of paid to do the art. Mm -hmm. Right. And so whatever the patron got out of it, whether they would just love the arts and wanted to promote that, or they can go, Hey, kind of pop their collar and go like that Rembrandt, that's Randy Rembrandt. And he works for me. That's why I got all these Rembrandts hanging up, you know, whatever (laughs) it was, that's what they would do. Now these days, I don't really expect you to find someone to give you room and board just so you can write songs. Of course there are a few publishing deals out there, but they don't usually pay enough to feed a family. So instead offer up a more uh, obtainable solution, which is let your day job be your patron. I know, I know it's not very sexy, <laughs> but let's discuss. Okay. I think there's so much of songwriting or singing. Any sort of music business thing is a mental game. And I think amazing things happen when you switch your story, in, the story in your head from this job sucks, it's keeping me from living my dream, to this job is going to help make my dreams come true. If you can make that mental switch, it's going to make a ton of difference just in your day to day life.
1: What was and that point? quote that, that you said a couple of episodes ago? What does this make happen? As oh, what
2: does this make possible? What yes. does this make possible? Yeah, oh, yeah
1: what does what this makes something impossible what is this right i can't do this here well what does it make possible
2: uh, yeah that's it's, a great point you're a little ahead of me but you're you're oh, smelling okay. what i'm cooking all right Here's i'm on the barbecue on the dessert. barbecue, on the barbecue. all right so we're on appetizers once you start making the switch from this job sucks it's keeping me from living my dream to this job is is going to help me achieve my dreams for one thing your resentment level and your stress level kind of come down a little bit you stop seeing maybe your your job as the enemy of your true self. And also it can kind of decrease your need to like Netflix and, and bowl of ice cream the night away when you get home. Cause it just kind of lowers your stress and your resentment. So you don't feel the need to like, I need to, I need to treat myself because I've been working for the man all day. So I'm going to turn on Netflix. I'm going to eat ice cream instead of working on your art. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's not helpful. Instead, you know, by, by, by the way, can, can, can uh-huh. I, represent? yeah. So, just
1: saying that this job is your patron, just having that mental change, and you might be thinking, well, that's just mental mindset, whatever, But and everybody gets all wound up about it. Right. Guess what? It's the truth. It's the it God's is. honest truth. Mm-hmm. You ain't getting to your writing success without that job because you're there right now, right? right. It, whether you like it or not whether you believe it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, it's a stepping stone. Now, how you view the stepping stone mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. But it is, in fact, a step on the way to the success that you want to get because it just happened to be the lily pad you landed on right now. That's just the facts.
2: It is. It is. And, you know, once you know that you spent all day uh, funding your dream, right? What have I done my eight to five doing? I'm funding my dream. So it feels even more important to spend your evenings and weekends, chasing that dream. Instead of just going, I'm stuck in this eight to five. It's keeping me from, you know, doing what I want to do. So I'm going to go home and get a bowl of ice cream, turn, grab the remote control. Instead, you're like, okay, I've spent this time funding my dream. Now it's time to go chase it. There are a couple of ways that it can help you reach your songwriting goals, your day job. One, let your day job pay for your art. Okay. So this is the big thing. This is the funding, the dream part. So let your company paycheck cover the roof over your writing room and the coffee in your mug that, you know, I usually have when I when I write. That's the paycheck that's paying for that, right? Mm-hmm. You have your, I don't know, different places, trying to think about the different places I've written. Gosh, when I was in Little Rock, it was in my bedroom. I had a computer in there. I'd work in there. I'd work in the living room. And I was working at Alltel Communications, so the khaki ant farm. I was in a call center, had the headphone on my head, and it was chained to the phone on my desk, taking calls in queue. How many calls in queue? Uh, that's depressing. But that paid for... They paid for the electricity so I could see at night <laughs> and could yeah. ch- turn on my computer and write and that sort of thing. It's paying for your art because otherwise what was I going to do? Mom and dad were going to cut me off eventually. Cause that, you know, if I was just sitting around, I'm chasing my art. They're like, go chase a job eventually. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You got student loans paid our it. new job, God bless you. But until then, get a job. Get a job. Right. So, you know, let your job during the day fund your art on the nights and weekends. Let your vacation time pay for you to make a trip to Nashville or New York or L.A., wherever, you know, your city is that you need to go to, that you where you want to go to chase it and get inspired and learn more about the business. I mean, you get, if you get that two weeks off, where are you going? You know, yeah. if you, if you have the mindset of like, okay, this, 50 weeks has been funding my, my two-week trip to Nashville. Again, it's like if this is funding my dream, then in your time off, it makes more sense to chase it, to do what you've been funding the whole time, right? Yeah, and, I finally
1: got all my priorities in line, and
2: I'm like, <laughs> I need to be. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Mr. Gary Allen. So, yeah, hey, you get two weeks paid, great. And you've been saving up. Now you can make that trip or let a percentage of your salary cover workshops and conferences, either online workshops and conferences or in-person on workshops and conferences while you build connections and learn the craft of songwriting. I mean, you're not going to mind nearly as much rolling in on Monday morning. Well, as much anyway, when you realize your boss is paying for your demos and he's not even asking for a share of your publishing.
1: And and when you're taking taking action and you're feeling, you know, it's like, here's the deal. What's really pissing you off the most if you're in this spot is you feel like you're spinning your wheels. You feel like you're not creating momentum on the thing Mm -hmm. that matters to you. And you're that just creating that momentum Mm -hmm. is going to help you feel better about going to going to work because all of a sudden you figured out a way to make them exist, coexist, right? Yeah. Exist together.
2: Yeah. And maybe you say, I'm not going to spend so much of my income on these other kind of luxury items, but I'm going to devote a portion of it to funding my art. Right. I go, Oh, I'm already getting paid to do my art now. I just got to maybe stop spending so much on cable and spending so much on eating out and some of these other things that are eating up all that stuff. And you're like, man, I can't even, I can't go do these things. Well, no, you're getting paid. So, I mean, I understand some jobs you, you just, barely getting by for the minimum. I understand that. I mean, we're all in different positions, but so many of us have so much kind of fat that but we there,
1: well, almost everybody does Listen, that's yeah. just a fact of money. How much money you spend on fat is completely relative to how much money you make, but there's the percentage is almost always the same. <laughs> yeah. Whether you're making 10,000 bucks a year or a million dollars a year. I mean, I straight up, I have straight up done uh, tried to do, couldn't do it, tried to do a loan for a dude with a, and I kid you not, a $100 million tax return. $100 million, owned 34 companies, 34 different tax returns, plus his private tax return, $100 million. Slam dunk, right? No. First
2: of all, why does he need a loan?
1: Dude's living paycheck to paycheck. That's why. Paycheck ah. to paycheck.
2: Anything coming, like, you know.
1: You don't need the spinners. You don't need the watch. You don't need the killer whip. <laughs> you don't need the man. Just like put the money aside for what's important to get your priorities in line. Listen to Gary Allen. Man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right. This song is brought to you by in like twenty year old Gary Allen song. Um, Love so song. I, it is a good one. So it's called Right Where I Need to Be. So, yeah. um, but that's the thing though. It's like oh my. If a publisher pays for your demos, like we all like, like, ooh, a publisher wants to pay for my demos. Well, guess what? They're going to want ownership in that. Mm -hmm. At least a co-pub, if not all the ownership. But when your boss is paying for it, they do not ask for your publishing. Right? They're they're not even
1: aware of what's going on. Like, it's so sleek and underground and
2: like... Yeah, it's not part of their business model. That's right. It's not part of all... Publishing royalties was not part of Altel's business model. So here's the deal. I got the idea for Monday Morning Church when I was in college. I was in grad school. And I showed around to some other co writers. It never happened. Then I showed to Aaron in 2001, Aaron Enderlin. I was working at Altel at the time. And so they're paying my room and board, right? While I'm going to songwriting school, writing songs and, and working on lyrics in between calls when I just had to sit there, but I didn't have that much to do. I was working on lyrics, reaching out to co writers. And working on other songs, on the clock or off, right? So sometimes your jobs have some of that downtime where you can do that. We wrote Monday Morning Church. She took it back to Nashville with her, and I ended up moving a couple months later. But, you know, I didn't have a publisher pay for my part of the demo or whatever. I kept – I had my publishing. I owned my publishing. So when it got cut, I owned my publishing, which is like twice the money coming yeah. into me. Thank you, Alltel. Want- yeah. Mom and dad for helping me out during college, and then Altel. Floating me after college till I finally got to Nashville. And all my publishing, not too shabby. All right, yeah. that worked out all right. It was yeah. harder to get that cut for sure. But when it happened, it bought me some time. And that's the big thing is let your day job buy you time. Uh, believe me, it's easy to resent your job that it doesn't allow you as much time to write or go out and gig as, as much as you want. I spent a lot of frustrated hours in that cubicle at told where I was wishing I was writing songs instead of listening to them on my little desk radio, you know, hearing these country songs come through and going, man, I wish I were in Nashville writing those songs. I I get that. But in reality, my day job at the call center was buying me valuable time and your day job does buy you more time too. It buys you time to learn and to get better while there's very little to lose by failing. I'm going to say that again. Your day job buys you time to learn and time to get better while there's very little to lose by failing. Mm. True fact is, I wasn't ready to turn pro back in my Arkansas days. I wasn't ready to quit my job and make that jump yet. I wasn't ready for a publishing deal. I wasn't. I needed time to grow as a person and time to grow as a writer. Sure, I could have grown faster as a writer if I'd been able to tackle it full time. But how would I have paid for like bread and lunch meat? Right? Mm-hmm. So that time, it, for me in that cubicle, it gave me time to start making some trips to Nashville during my paid vacation, right? So I'd go there on my vacation time, and it gave me time to study the craft. It gave me money to buy books about the Pat Pattisons. It gave me time to help pay for demos and stuff that we were doing in Arkansas. My buddy Tim, when he recorded that record that went triple plywood, it <laughs> it, it helped pay for that. And the time and going and making trips and the money to record and just the – all the time when I was writing all those songs and the time to meet Aaron and write Monday morning church and all that stuff, it, it bought that time. Because otherwise I would have starved out. I wasn't ready yet.
1: Can I, can I jump in for a yeah, second?
2: Yeah, man. So
1: when I started Daredevil, uh, I mean, this is after the financial meltdown. I had lost everything, my house, my savings. It just all went away in a very short amount of time. I had a huge amount of overhead with a mortgage company that I had started and I, you, you don't get to change the overhead, but Wall Street said you can't sell any products, zero product to be sold yeah, until they figured it all out. I mean, imagine not being able to work <clears throat> to make your money and still you got to pay your mortgage, you got to pay your rent, you got all these bills still got to get paid, but for a year, they're like, yeah, you, you can't make any money.
2: That's basically being a songwriter not getting cuts.
1: So, wipe you out, right? But when I started the company, so I knew that education was going to be the big deal in in our ability to adapt to what I clearly saw where the market was going. Every time I would make a little bit of money, get a new client or something like that, I would treat myself to a book, a new book. Mm -hmm. And if it was like, if I did really good, maybe two books. Like This is a $20 investment for two books. Right, a ten dollar investment for one book. I get a used book. I didn't care what it looked like. I just wanted access to the information. Yeah. And here's the thing for a very, very small amount of money, every I've read most of them. I still I still have a backlog of books to read, don't get me wrong. But most of them I have read, and you've heard me talk incessantly about so many of these different books on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Man, like the energy, it's energizing. It's like a little mm. battery. You get that book yeah. and you read it and you're like, oh man, yeah. Okay. And you start to get clear and you start to feel like you're doing something. Man, that is a great, inexpensive way to still allow you to save money, get to Nashville, do mm. some writing, cut some demos, do what you need to do and still become a better student of the game and a better at your craft by just getting that book and getting a different perspective on it. Sometimes you're reading something that you kind of already know that you've already been told, but you haven't connected the dots yet in your head. You have the Mm -hmm. information, but it hasn't been connected yet. So you could have like two transformers and a thing in between that needs to happen to make a circuit. You can have all the parts, but unless they're connected, the machine doesn't run. Right. Yeah. It's just that kind of thing, but man, really inexpensive way to keep your spirit up Mm -hmm. to keep, Keep jazzed, keep excited, keep focused because you are making progress. You're learning more and more about it and you're getting those epiphanies. So I just yeah, to make
2: sure. it's a way to keep your head in the game.
3: Yeah. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. 50 to get 50% off that's factor slash Pantheon 50 and use the code Pantheon 50 to get 50% off. And yeah.
2: basically relying completely on songwriting or gigging to feed your family and yourself is extremely difficult and stressful. And I know from experience, I mean, that's, I'm blessed and stressed that right at this point in my life, all this feeding my family, all seven of us, is you know songwriting pro the coaching and the workshops and stuff that i do and writing songs so it's all in the music business yeah. and that's a blessing that's a stress because what am i making this friday when the check comes in
1: Eh, well we'll see
2: that's <laughs> just <laughs> still a tumbling. okay i it's, it's pure commission right it's like <laughs> yeah it's what you go out and kill it comes with its ups and downs but that day job gives you Gives you time to learn, time to get better. It can help fund those things when you you know what's coming in the next month and you can adjust accordingly. And it's not that way in the music business. So let's talk a little bit about what does this make possible? Because that's a great question. It's it's one I got from Michael Hyatt. What what does a day job make possible? I mean, I, I ran into a guy the other day that Actually, I was hanging out with some old friends, you know, with kids and and met the guy that uh, just bought that last house I was living in. So we were back in the old neighborhoods. The kids could play with friends, met him. And so he just bought our house about a year ago. And i just talking about he just moved from California to Middle <laughs> Tennessee. I'm like, hey, well, how come? But why? And he said it's because the prices are so much lower in Middle Tennessee, which is funny because we're not used to hearing that. Oh, it's cheaper to live here. But he was from Southern Cal. And, yeah. and just some other stuff. So what, what did he do? He transferred with his job. His job had an office here. Job had a couple places around the country they can move to, one of which was Nashville. Now he's not in the music business. I mean, he does. He, he's a musician, but it's just a hobby, right? So he didn't move here for music. But the thing is true is like his day job paid for the move because mm-hmm. he can transfer and he's working from home a lot and stuff. But what does that make possible? Maybe somebody pays for your move and feeds you when you get there while you start making contacts yeah that's at the best at the worst
1: case scenario wasn't make possible. you know you got a job when you go there you're not you it's it's less of a risk you're going to jump right mm-hmm. into the new gig and i mean even if it was Starbucks or something you yeah know, you're gonna pay for your move unless you're an executive or something but but if you're a barrister at Starbucks or barrister, whatever they call them, like barista, barista. Sorry.
2: Yes. I know uh, from experience.
1: Then, you know, you, you can you, you have a relationship with the store. You've mm-hmm. already got a reputation here. You've got some leverage to get into that gig over there and, and make that and make that happen. So you hit the ground running and you don't miss a beat and there's it's less stress.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I moved to Nashville with no job. I did what I said I would not do. I quit my job at Altel, moved, because enough of a window opened up where I could rent a room from my uncle's mother-in-law. So renting a room from uh, from Granny Alta over in West Nashville, and I could mow her yard to help work off some of the rent. Started looking around, I got a job at Cracker Barrel, but well, then got a job at Blue Water Music doing royalty and admin stuff, like two part-time jobs, and did mm-hmm. those for a while. Maybe something to think about is what does this make possible? Is there a job in your area that could possibly transfer down to Nashville. Even if your job can't and your company doesn't have one, but, and I'm saying Nashville, but it could be New York or LA, whatever city is your target. Is there another job in your area that maybe you could switch to that eventually could get you there? I mean, that's taking longer steps, right? But it could get you there. Definitely look for jobs in those cities that you want to, if you want to move there. But maybe another way is to go, hmm, okay, well, I'm here out here in, I don't know, Minnesota, but I don't, I work for this company, but company I work for company A, but company B over there has an office there because I'm doing my research, right? I wonder if I could jump ship over there. It may take a while, but then I can jump over and get a paid move. It's just things to think about. What does that make possible? I think tell you one thing that a day job made possible for me is this podcast because there's a time when we're adding kids faster we're adding cuts, oh, way <laughs> faster than Spotify was paying for them. That's a song title, right?
1: there. Adding <laughs> <laughs> kids faster we were adding cuts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I've made the joke about because that put stress on the marriage. I was like, I need a single again before I'm single again. <laughs> um, <laughs> my wife stays home. I'd gone to the part-time gig. So I did the Starbucks thing for a while when Ozzy came along. Because the funny thing about Starbucks is part-time, you can get full benefits. And that was real helpful when you got a baby on the way. I did that. And then I had to go take a, like a f- full-time eight to five, whatever sales gig. And I was in a truck driving around middle Tennessee, Nashville, up into Louisville and Lexington. And, and, and I was, this what I was doing every day was going around selling used cooking oil services. I mean, any restaurant I walked in it, hotel, I walked in it. any place that you you're frying, we're buying. That was my motto, right? <laughs> so we buy used cooking oil, recycle it. And so I was a sales guy. In that area, I just it broke my freaking heart to go do that after I'd been writing full time for a few years and and just like what, what am I going to do now like I gotta, but I got to eat you know and I got to stay married it was a lot of stress on the marriage just you know financially and stuffs so like and it was time my wife was done with the music thing and it's like I got to go okay it's time time <clears throat> to go and so I did that it it was it was also a God thing because. That put me in the truck all day. Thank goodness I had no one looking over my shoulder where I could listen to music, you know, stay current with the radio. But then I, I discovered podcasting mm-hmm. and with a company paid iPhone, which I couldn't afford on my own. I still had like an old phone. And uh, now I got a company paid iPhone. I'm like, Oh, podcast app. Let's listen to this as I'm driving around by myself all day. And that's when I started learning about online business, marketing, podcasting. And that's, Johnny, that's when you and I started the podcast. You'd had the Daredevil production podcast. For a little while before so That's i right. knew, knew about that world and i was like well let's partner up and we started doing that and i had to do it at night after the kids would go to bed so mm-hmm. I, could, I couldn't talk too loud you know couldn't yell like i could right now if i wanted to in the middle of the day i remember
1: that i remember because at the time i'm taking a girl and, and living with her up in franklin kentucky uh-huh so we're recording the podcast till like eleven thirty at night yeah Trying and not to I drive so.
2: 45 minutes to get home. <laughs> yeah. Those
1: are some long nights.
2: Yeah. yeah. And they were for me too in early mornings. And I had to, but I was like, it was my, you know, school on four wheels driving around yeah. that truck, listening, getting all this input and listening to songwriting podcasts that they didn't have as many good ones then started putting some of this into practice. What did that make possible? Made possible this time to learn and to experiment with podcasts and experiment with that's when I started the man versus real blog and, and, which is now songwriting pro and starting to do a little bit more coaching, starting to do some online events. You know, I remember talking to my wife about it, you know, we were on a walk and she's still really, really done with the music business at this point. And, uh, she kind of liked knowing what I was going to make the next week and year. It's pretty cool. So sales gig, even though I was salaried, even as a sales guy, but I remember going on a walk. It's like, yeah, I've been studying this, Podcasting and and online stuff. I I think I'm gonna do like a workshop, blah blah blah. Get people follow my blog, and maybe that'll eventually. The goal was let that be a stable platform that I can then launch back out, do that, and be have a lot more flexibility to write and all this stuff, and not be quite so concerned if Kenny Chesney likes my bridge or not. Uh And she was like, "That's not a job. That's not a thing." She didn't know because she's home with the kids and not hearing about all this stuff that I've been studying for eight hours a day on the truck. Well, the first hobbled ganky online workshop I did that I sold tickets for after I'd been blogging and stuff for a while, made like 500 bucks. And she was like, Hmm. I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm making a week, but I'm that's, not too far off. from What I'm making—that's right. a step in the right Not, direction. <laughs> it's A step in the right direction. Not that mm-hmm. I can do that, you know, every week or whatever. But it start it, that time and that job gave me time to start growing an audience, to start learning how to podcast and start learning these different things and getting coaching clients. And you know, a while back, quit that job, and this is it. So, what did that day job do? What did it make possible? It gave me time to learn, and now I'm. You know, writing more, not having years and getting cuts, and back in the game. And I'm doing this stuff too, and and so it's it's freed up a lot of stuff. So what does it make possible for me? It made possible learning, time to learn. Maybe it gives it's going to give you time to learn another kind of side hustle or something that's going to be a lot more flexible. That way, you have more time to write and you have more time to go out and gig. That's something that made possible for me was education. And so that was a that was a big deal for me. Uh, what else? What else can your uh, day job make possible? I mean, you talked about funding your demos, funding your trips with your paid vacation, giving you time. How many? To- how many? How many people <clears throat> meet a co writer at work? Yeah, depending on where you work. I mean, it, you know, I mean, I
1: mean, you might be working at Altel at something that's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with the music industry, but you find out that you know Jimmy over there. Mm-hmm very secretly he's a songwriter
2: <laughs> right I mean, you might you, just, you never know yeah you never it's funny david Duvall, who climber we've had him on the show mm-hmm. i can't remember what episode we interviewed him but i met him at when i was gigging to starbucks like five in the morning before yeah. i go the right and he would just from new in town from iowa and he was going to belmont and so we ended up at the same starbucks and he was a singer more of a pop r&b gospel guy and that's not what i was doing at the time, and. And, but he was a good, great hang, good positive vibe. We kind of kept in touch. And then it turns out now he's got a publishing deal, with Reviver. He's writing with a, a mutual buddy of mine, Aaron Goodman, who's an artist on Reviver and killing it up in Canada as well, in Warner, uh, Canada. That's right. Now the three of us are getting together writing songs. you know? and, I, and so I have – and I wouldn't have known David at all. But it's funny. It's like, dude, we used to sling the bean, Back in the day, you know, playing the, the bean. playing <laughs> the Sounds dirty. I feel a little awkward every time <laughs> I say it. Sounds dirty. <laughs> That's the right way with it for That's sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, big coffee bean, and <laughs> you know, so we were around each other for like a year or so something like that. You know, working and and he was a great hang, and and you know he enjoyed hanging out with me. So it's funny. First time we were, wrote, it was just me and David. And we wrote at the, the publishing company. We were throwing our own song ideas. He's like, man, I just want to write something crazy because like with your, how you play with words and your ideas because he was around me and I was just like cracking jokes all the time because we were at work and that's what you do. So he already had to be like, I want to write this kind of something like left field because he knew me. Yeah. This is funny. So now we're, we're writing he knew your sense of humor. He knew you could do it. And and yeah, exactly. The, He's like, I want to see how people. that mind works. And I'm like, good. You do your pop sensibility on this country thing. And it's going to be great. So yeah, it stuff comes back around. So yeah, I met him. So a professional relationship from a, another job, uh, completely unrelated, completely unrelated. I'll tell you something else that makes possible. Maybe you're out living in Iowa or I don't know, Nebraska or Texas or somewhere. One thing you have the advantages of is you're not in the music role bubble where songwriters start writing to impress other songwriters instead of to talk to the fans and communicate with them, the real people that are the fans that will be buying records and sh- buying concert tickets and T-shirts. And I talked to Aaron Goodman about this because he's on the road playing. He's gigging. He's an artist, but he's also a writer. And I asked him how that how that helps his writing to get out of the Nashville bubble. For him as an artist, is just seeing what fans react to. That he's like, I could play that Alan Jackson song Good Time, me whatever. And he goes, I could play, or Aching Break Your Heart. He goes, like I can play that like five times in a row, and people just be singing along the whole time to these really simple songs that are just sing along audience participation songs. Yeah, that aren't like written to impress songwriters. Right. They just connect with fans. He's like, so yeah, you think about that. You think about the artist. So in your area, maybe you just go out and see shows and see what people react to. Talk to the people at your job or the customers that come in. It's like that's real life. That's the fan. That's the audience. That's the person we're trying to write for. Right. You're around them. You're not in the bubble where everyone you meet is a producer or guitar player or songwriter, and we listen to music differently. We just have kind of a different thing. You get to talk to people that you want to talk to as a writer. You have insight into their their lives. You're among the audience.
1: Well, by the way, it dawned on me that what you're talking about, if you think your job, this is how this podcast started, this this episode started, you think your job is a prison. Man, there's a lot of people out there that are living the dichotomy. Like they work a job they can't stand. Yeah. to get for 5 days a week and 40 hours of their life 5 days a week it feels for, like it's down the drain. Yeah, so they can have two two days. Yeah, the weekend. Mm-hmm. That knowing that talk about a common subject matter. Mhm. That you could sing about, you could write about, is oh, yeah. that, and everybody's working for the weekend, lover boy. That find different ways to spin that because you see, but the specificity that you can get if you stop being angry and start opening your eyes and paying attention. Mm. There's a story we've told it early on in one of the episodes in the podcast about lucky people and unlucky people. There was a a study, a straight up study that was done back in the 40s or 30s or something that was to put a big ad in the paper. They're like, if you consider yourself to be very lucky, or if you consider yourself to be a person who's very unlucky, we want you to respond to this ad and we're going to pay you $250, which is a lot of money back then to, to, mm-hmm. to be a part of this study. Mm-hmm. So they get a bunch of people in there and some of these people feel like they're very lucky people. They're always lucky. Some of these people feel like they're very unlucky. And what they did was they each gave them each a newspaper and they said, what we want you to do is count up, the images in this newspaper. And when you get the total, please go up to the front of the person who's running the study, give them the total, and we're going to give you your $250 check. So they sat right down. Right on that job. Yeah, right. And they sat down and a bunch of the people were sitting for less than two minutes, got up, said something to the instructor, got their $250 check and were on their way. And the, the a bunch of the other people were taking maybe four, five, six minutes. Mm-hmm. What happened was the people who feel like they're very lucky are just a little more open and a little more aware of their surroundings because when they opened up the newspaper on the right hand side, it was like it wasn't a full page ad, but it was like a quarter page ad in black and white letters that said, this newspaper has 29 images in it. Mm-hmm. Go tell the instructor and collect your $250. Uh-huh. and everybody—the people who generally thought they were unlucky—what were they doing? They were focused on counting images. Yeah, and they missed—they missed the sign. I, I said that because I had this happen to me. Like when I got off the road, I, I moved to Nashville initially, and I had—I'm still a little out there from you know, kind of not believing all that work I've been doing for so long. Just kind of went away because somebody decided we're not going to sell these kind of solo. Anymore. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So you don't get a shot. And uh, I'm working out at a gym. I just happened to be wearing a t-shirt from uh, a club down in Florida that we used to play all the time called the Button South. Mm-hmm. And it was a killer, killer rock club. And this dude just comes up out of nowhere and he's like, Hey man, what's up dude? It's a cool club dude. And I still had, I'll, get, I'll tell you, I had a bad habit of sort of not connecting with people. Yeah. because you just meet so many people like every single night when you're doing it and they all want to like be your best friend or whatever and you right. just kind of figure out ways to be very cordial and very polite but you don't remember anybody you know right, So yeah. this guy was like uh, let's get to do we should write I write songs we should write I was like yeah man it'd be great yeah okay listen I'm going on vacation and, and uh, which I was I was going to leave him go on vacation and I don't know why but I gave him my real phone number I was going to blow that guy off totally he wouldn't yeah. let me blow him off and it just ended up with, like we wrote a bunch of songs together in a gym you know he's like a muscle head guy like in a gym I mean it it can come at you you got to be aware you got to be like open to all kinds of different little weird things that could happen that could just point you in the right direction yeah uh and and be looking at that newspaper the right way don't just be counting the images yeah because that's what you're told to do
2: yeah I mean if you look at it go what does this make possible I mean maybe you just need to write that out and stick that on your desk yeah on your truck dash Or whatever. What does it make possible? Well, maybe I'm in a job where I can have the radio on all day and I can soak in what's going on and what's actually working. What do these songs have in common? What are they not? And you're going to song school for a few hours a day or whatever. Or you can hop on the company computer and watch Facebook Lives and, and educational stuff, not just wasting your time. Your YouTube videos about songwriting during your lunch break. And what does it make possible? I'm studying. I'm learning. I'm getting better. And I think just asking yourself that question is going to make a big difference in your, not only in your songwriting, but also just in your general happiness, which makes a big difference in just in your life. Yeah. But yeah, it gives you time to learn. You're around the the target community. Different jobs have different perks and you just have to look for them. Maybe we go to conferences and there's artists there and because they have the corporate gigs and you're like, hey, who are you? Hey, I'm here. Yeah. Start meeting them that are doing the corporate gig thing before they maybe blow up and get huge. Yep. Yeah. I go to these corporate things. Eh, whatever. They got a band there. I wish I was in the band. Well, why don't you go meet the band?
1: Yeah. They what does off. it make
2: possible? Not our job to come up with everything that it might make possible because that's for you and your job. But I think the big thing is let your day job be your patron. And and then hopefully one day you can get out of it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But, I mean, I know some people that dig the day job and don't want to quit. David Duvall, he works at a bank. Yeah. he works at Starbucks race. when I met him. He works at a bank There's and all that
1: cool stuff, fun and artists and stuff doing weird outside the box thinking lending and stuff. It's cool.
2: Yeah. So and he's, you know, finding ways to make it work and, and he enjoys it and he gets to write it on. And he has a publishing deal and he's getting cuts too. Yeah. He's kind of having it all. So I guess you can call songwriting for kind of my day job. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's my side hustle. It's the other thing I do, but it, it feeds the music stuff. Cause I've met co-writers through the community. I, it gets me in touch with, you know, publishers and other people doing play for publisher events and other opportunities that help feed the songwriting. And the songwriting helps feed this as well. And so like the banking thing, huh? Well, how about I'm going into playing golf with these people that I'm going to you know, be able to give loans to, but they're in the artist community or the publishing community or whatever. Oh yeah. Work that angle. Yeah. talk about, you know, about positional leverage here, you're, you're right. helping them out. And they want to talk
1: to you about this thing over here, but you can also steer it in the right time in the right way. Because there's
2: so much personal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Or in your local area, chamber of commerce, just target those people to go do some business with. And as I get to know them, like you should really have a concert (laughs) or I should play it. Yeah. What does it make possible? What, what kind of people can you then approach through that job that you couldn't approach otherwise? And you're approaching on one level but then, as a the personal relationship grows, you can switch that around to the creative level as well. So, just yeah,
1: when I when I first moved out to L.A., I was I was in the electronics manufacturing industry. I was selling mm-hmm. this product, this 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 zero damage soldering and desoldering product. Random. I'm not expecting anybody to know what that means, but right. I was getting like killer aerospace clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Raytheon, this company called Raytheon, and they do all kinds of creepy defense stuff and rockets and all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm working this one guy who's like the chief engineer at this one program. Cause I'm trying to sell this product mm-hmm. and we just got into a conversation over lunch one time about music. Well, he's got a band. He asked me to join his band. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, I hadn't played in like forever. Right. Yeah. I just been trying to get away from the music industry. Yeah. Uh, honestly, intentionally trying to get away from the music industry. And I joined his band and we just started having. Fun. I mean, it's just fun. Just go jam with some guys and yeah. and and make some noise. And uh, like I, I got to scratch that itch again. So I mean, long story short, me trying to get out of the music industry, intentionally trying to walk away from it. And I woke up one day and I had spent an insane amount of discretionary income on a recording studio in my house, like a full tracking room, yeah. and yeah. I was in two bands, <laughs> <laughs> two bands, you know, not one two. Yeah. So, but but there was like that started from my day my day game it just yeah. started from electronics manufacturing crap like yeah. you know what the heck
2: like you never know so i just want to encourage y'all uh, i guess as we wrap this up just to think what does this job make possible whether it's a job transfer whether it's just time to work on your craft the money to pay for your demos and your recording gear without having to take a piece of the pie or get points on your record all that stuff so and also just turn that prison into a patron as much as you can. I, w- I wanna
1: I wanna give somebody a shout out for this. Matt Fawcett.
2: Okay. Yeah. Matt
1: Fawcett, climber, Matt Fawcett. If you go look at Matt like I don't know if you post them in the in the climb community or not, but if you check out his feed, he's a climber, he's in the climb community. Mm-hmm. He has a boatload of cover videos that he does to try to expand his brand mm-hmm. from the front seat to the back seat of a car. And he's yeah. doing those videos during his lunch break. At work. Um, <laughs> I mean, talk about <laughs> turning it into your patron. I got some, I got some work to do. Like he going yeah. commiserate with everybody there. He's over here in the back of the car, singing songs into a freaking iPhone and mm-hmm. posting that crap, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's just taking a and bull by horns. I love that, that
2: is. And, and that's going to give his videos something different, something unique. Yeah. It's your, it's your lunch break. I don't know. Song foggy mountain breakdown or whatever. <laughs> that's right. It's it's part of a thing, right? Our limitations create our style. Sometimes that's why I'm a lyricist, cause my limitation is you know, singing and playing, that kind of stuff. that helps define my style. So if that's what you got in the back room or off whatever it is, that's kind of cool too. That's so, right. All right. Hey, if I'm gonna give y'all a gift for hanging in there and you deserve one if you have a, a day job. It's called giftfrombrent.com, and it it lets you download my free ebook, Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It covers, um, I think, some of the stuff we talked about today, but it talks about how to get on a publisher's radar, how pros know who's looking for songs, what questions you should ask yourself before you demo that song, all that good stuff. It's at giftfrombrent.com, and the book is Think Like a Pro Songwriter. You just tell me where to send it. I email it out to you, and it's my gift to you.
1: Awesome Well that brings us To the end of another Killer Climb episode Hey Join the Climb community If you haven't done it Subscribe to the podcast Make sure you get All the All of it How many Mm -hmm. podcast episodes You listen to All of them Mm -hmm. Make sure you take couple seconds and leave a rating and review. Tell other people what we mean to you. And then finally, share it, share it, share it. That's the way you're going to help us expand our brand and help us get out there and help more people. So uh, that's what we're here. That's what we're doing, man. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see at the top.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Were they shot? Would I shot? Would you kill? Yes. I don't know. My mom and dad. My mom and right there. From airship